0: You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast starring S. Anthony Thomas. (laughs) You lucky bastards. All right. This is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right. Here we go. Go S. S. Anthony Thomas. Go S. Well, hello, hello, you weird bastards. It's the S-Machine, Yes, anthony Says Podcast. How you doing, you weirdos? How you doing? Is everything good? Was Did the week treat you well? I hope it did. I hope it did. But, but guess what? You're about to listen to my podcast, damn it. And I'm about to treat you well. Yeah, that's right. I said it. You know, I very rarely... I mean, I may actually take advantage of Black Friday this year because there's a couple of things I need to buy equipment-wise that will make me go you know what what the hell but i'm not one of those guys that sits outside on the parking lot for black friday i just can't do it i can't do it it brings back too many bad memories man it brings back too many bad stand up comic comedy memories when i moved to la initially there was a couple of comedy clubs where we had to sit outside you know, and wait in line to get there. And then we had jackasses that kept coming earlier and earlier and earlier to the point where eventually we started to have to get there at six o'clock in the morning to wait to sign up at six o'clock at night, which wouldn't have been necessary. But everybody was trying to one up each other. You know, there's somebody trying to one up each other that they wound up screwing themselves. And it was a real big pain in the neck. And then it got to the point where people, you know, people would come out. To uh the comedy club, you know in the press, would come out, Oh this dude look at this comedy club is the best. Oh, this comedy club is incredible, this comedy club is so incredible that the comics are sitting outside at six o'clock in the morning because they, they, they the spots are so coveted no the, the, I mean the spots were coveted and we were sitting out there at six o'clock in the morning because one jackass Got there at six o'clock in the morning and then told everybody that he got there at six o'clock in the damn morning, and everyone else wanted to show up at six o'clock in the morning, and then I had to show up at six o'clock in the morning because a few people were idiots. Well, guess what, Black Friday shoppers? You just let these jackasses make you get up early in the morning to sit outside for a damn television set. Sold at some ridiculously low price. Now look at what the look at the price of the television set normally. And then look at the price you're paying on Black Friday. Yes, it's a lot lower. The price is incredible. But do you really think they're going to sell it to you at a price where they make nothing if they have everything on sale? No, my friends. Those aren't loss leaders. It's not a loss leader. And we all know what a loss leader is. That's some bullshit sales product that is sold at, at cost or below cost to get your punk ass to come in there. And buy the stuff that they're really going to make money on. That's what a loss leader is. And guess what? They don't do that because if they put everything in in the damn store on sale like that, they're not making any money. So let's keep it real. They're still making money. You know why they're trying to get rid of that stuff? They're trying to get rid of that crap because you're saving them a trip to the trash can. You're saving them the problem of shipping that crap back to the manufacturers and making nothing. That's what you do in you bastards. And you're building up the egos of the chumps with the stores. They love it. They are looking at them outside, sitting there like idiots. <laughs> you dumb bastards, look at them. Don't you realize we just want to get this crap out of the store because the new crap that we're going to overcharge you for is on the way? You're just saving us a trip to the dumpster, you dopey bastards. <laughs> Here's that tablet that's going to be obsolete three days after you buy it. <laughs> oh god you're stupid oh yeah here's that here's that washing machine oh you know what's gonna happen about three weeks after you get this washing machine installed we're gonna have another washing machine from the same manufacturer that's gonna have new features that you're gonna be jealous of and eventually you're gonna get annoyed and pissed off of the washing of the things that the, the product that you have the washing machine or dishwasher you're gonna get pissed off that that doesn't do the stuff that the new stuff does and then you're gonna bring your punk ass to the store and buy it anyway <laughs> is the best. Oh, God. Oh, this is awesome. You know those security cameras? The security cameras during normal times, we use those to actually keep uh, the store secure and to record crimes. You know what we do on Black Friday and holidays like that, where we make your dumb asses sit outside? We have them all turned on to you. Let me turn the sound on. Yeah, there's really sound on there. I know on the news there's no sound. They don't know there's sound, but there really is sound. And we sit back and we laugh. And when you guys fight in line and beat the crap out of each other because you want to find out who got the last toaster, we laugh our asses off, you dumb bastards. <laughs> oh, this is great. Look at this. Look at these two old ladies pulling each other's, these other's wigs off. <laughs> oh, God, those dumb bastards. Oh, you want a rain check? Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, we could do a rain check if we wanted to. We'd still make money on the product. But you see, if there were rain checks, and you guys wouldn't sit outside. And if you guys didn't sit outside, you guys wouldn't fight. And if you guys didn't fight, there wouldn't be any newspapers coming down here talking about, while there were fights outside of the store at this address giving us free publicity, you stupid bastards. <laughs> but go right ahead, sit outside and kick the crap out of each other while we sit back and laugh with our billions in the bank. You see... We've been profitable since February of this year. Everything after that has been basically large, large profits. We're actually going to be profitable after this too because we already know with your impulsive asses, you're going to come in here for the $3 television set and then you're going to go ahead and buy the bedspreads that only cost us $0.05 but we charge you $800 for. (laughs) Oh, this this is incredible. Oh, God. Thank you for the entertainment, you dumb bastards. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming out. Oh, look at that over there. Oh, did you see that? They almost ran over some old guy because the last PlayStation went into the display box. <laughs> okay, okay, there's only one PlayStation left and there's like 10 people out there fighting over the PlayStation. Okay, I want you to do me a favor. Tell the, Senate, tell the guy that waxes the floors to wax the floors, use extra wax on the aisle right in front of the Xbox. We'll wait. Okay, there he is. He's, he's waxing the floor. He's waxing the floor. Okay, no, 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 no. Don't use the machine that pulls up the excess wax. Leave the wax right there. Okay, now put the two, put two X boxes up there. Put two up on the shelf. Put two on the shelf right there. That's great. That's great. Okay, now <clears throat> open the door a crack. Turn up the loudspeaker, and I want you to say, "Hey, Chuck, I think we've got two X boxes left." Just make sure that they can hear it. I don't want them to know we're doing this on purpose do it do it do it our uh, truck i think we have two xboxes left we found them in the back oh they heard it oh this is great look at them <laughs> they're running into the store this is, this is the best ah! <laughs> they hit the wax <laughs> look at the fat guy slide down the aisle <laughs> you, got the, you got the cameras on this right they get good we got to record <laughs> we're gonna show this at the christmas party this is the best <laughs> look at the <this> dumb bastard <laughs> Look at the old lady Yeah that walker's not gonna help you On that wax Down she goes <laughs> This is the best <laughs> Oh god Oh Oh god Okay so two people got the Xboxes <laughs> Oh this is This is beautiful Oh uh, the rest of the people Don't even know what's going on Oh that's great That's great that's, that's great These people are all Collecting themselves And getting up and walking out Walking out right Okay they're, they're leaving now Oh they think they're gonna sue us honey. Huh? yeah I don't think so I don't think so yeah, yeah, they're just too embarrassed by the whole thing. Okay, now, oh, well, well they, they were going to sue us. How many people fell down in the wax? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Bring out eight more Xboxes and give them to them. You just sell them the Xboxes. Okay, I want them, oh, no, I want the video cameras on them. I want the video cameras to show them walking, carrying the heavy Xboxes. That way, when they try to go back in court saying that their backs hurt, we're going to say, oh, yeah, well, here's a picture you carrying an Xbox. Yeah, that's right, that's right, Every make sure every last one of them gets an Xbox in their hand. The old lady, give her an Xbox too, I want to see her old ass carrying an Xbox and using the walker at the same time. Because she's the only one that might actually have a case against us, everybody else is kind of young and healthy. Even that fat guy right there, who slid across the floor. Oh, look, look at her, carrying an Xbox under one arm and using the walker. Oh yeah, try to sue us now, you old broad, I knew it. That's right, you normal people with your normal salaries. Don't you realize you're here for our amusement? you dumb bastards you dumb bastards okay maybe that doesn't happen but look what all I'm saying is that come on you know now we have pre Black Friday sales isn't everything a pre Black Friday sales you dumb bastards can we please stop that You know, if you're going to charge us some normal prices for stuff, just, I mean, good prices. Just give us good prices for stuff. If you give us good prices on a regular basis, we're going to buy it. You know, if you're going to give us another cut on Black Friday, okay, that's cool, but don't make people sit outside like suckers. Let us order it online. Come on. I know you get a kick out of watching jackasses beat each other up and fall all over the place. Everybody gets a kick out of watching a bunch of women run into the bridal shop and knock each other down to get these stupid dresses that let's be honest no one's gonna marry these people in the first place because anybody dumb enough to get their ad to get into a fist fight over a wedding gown who the hell wants to be married to that person in the first place and the same thing with you dumb jackass dudes beating each other's ass over some stupid video game when you're a grown ass man you dumb bastard oh you're gonna save a hundred bucks on there really a hundred bucks for something that you're gonna have in your house for the next five years yeah that's definitely worth going to jail or going and getting beaten up and finding out that it costs six hundred dollars to ride in the damn ambulance you stupid bastard come on Come on, stop amusing these people. They already are laughing at you to begin with. That's why I never sit outside on Black Friday. Just like I did last year, this is my this is my twenty fourteen uh edition of Fuck Black Friday. That's right I said it. Fuck Friday. Black Friday, you are never going to get me to do crap like that, you bastard. I'm not sleeping on any, on any streets. I'm not curling up in some damn tent outside of a store. I'm not doing it. I'd rather pay the extra $75 for the television set, you dumb bastards, because quite frankly, the hospital bill from the frostbite on your nuts is going to be worth more than $75. Yeah, that's right, I said it. So just stop it. What'd you say? Hold on, wait a minute. minute. What's on sale? Um, Listen, uh, I want you to do me a favor. I just went on this big rap telling my podcast audience that I am not going to stay outside and wait for nothing. But I didn't realize how much cheaper that shit was going to be. So I need you to do me a favor. I told them that I wouldn't wait outside for that shit. I didn't say you wouldn't wait outside for that shit, so do me a favor, wait outside for that shit. What? Pay you? If I pay you, it's gonna be the same as paying the same amount of money for the damn thing. What good is that? If I'm gonna be a hypocrite about this whole situation, I at least have to get something out of it, damn it. I mean, if I want to pay you $75 outside to get that thing for $75 cheaper, I might as well just wait until Black Friday's over and go buy it at the regular price, you bastard. You make me sick. Damn it. I hate Black Friday. Damn it. Bastards. Segment over. Folks. I'm going to take a saying and just debunk the crap out of it. I'm getting sick and tired of people saying that stupid saying time is your enemy. No time is not your enemy. Time is your frenemy. And you know what a frenemy is? That's a person that's a friend that sometimes does crap that an enemy would do. A friend that has schadenfreude when it comes to things bad happening to you. A frenemy is somebody that's cool with you, but sometimes stabs you in the back a little bit. They don't destroy you, but they stab you in the back. Just enough to be annoying, but not enough for you to want to get rid of them permanently. And time does that to everybody. You don't think time does that? I'm telling you, time is your frenemy, damn it. You want proof? Well, that's what I do, damn it. I'll give you proof, damn it, that time is your frenemy. You go shopping with your significant other. In this particular case, I'm going to take it from the male perspective because I'm a dude. You go with your girlfriend. It it doesn't even have to be your girlfriend. It it could be your mother, your aunt, your sister, any lady, but I'm going to say girlfriend in this particular case or wife. Doesn't matter. She wants to go buy something that guys couldn't possibly care less about. Do you care about the blinds in your house, dude? Hmm? Nope. Of course you don't. you know why? Because who gives a shit about blinds? But she loves blinds and she needs to do all sorts of blind stuff. And you say, yeah, I'll go with you. And she goes, I know how much you hate being in here. So you can just sit in the car. I'm only going to be a few minutes. A few minutes. It, she says it's going to be a few minutes because in this particular case, time is her friend. She knows you're not going to pull off and leave her. She doesn't have to rush. Time slows down she's enjoying every minute of it oh this has this thread count and the double, triple double thread count and this thing here the thread thread count this and million thread count and double threads and triple thread counts and all of that crap she's doing that she's loving it she's talking about with uh, the valances whatever the hell that crap is it goes over the top of the blinds I used to work at a blind store and I think I have a mental block on that crap you know what I'm saying she's going through and she has to what she, what this oh this blind looks great this would look fantastic but the room is on the northwest corner and the sun comes in at exactly 9.6 degrees so we have to put it this thing here and there's been hold on let me go and we take a picture it, click and we go over here and and then the lady at the store oh you know what I'm saying 9.6 degrees you know I think it might be 9.54 degrees you know what I think you're right we'll have to take all of these blinds that we took 25 minutes to pick together and put them back and start from scratch and we're gonna do hey that little bit, hey that's what it seems like if you were in there and time is gone by oh so she's just enjoying time is going by perfectly for her she's loving it but your punk ass is in the car. And there's nothing on the radio. And you were dumb enough to think she was telling you the truth when she said she'd be out in a couple of minutes, you dumb bastard. No, she's not. Wrong with you, stupid. You know better than that crap. Nobody ever goes into a store full of things they like for a couple of minutes, you dumb bastard. So while she's in there, la, la 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 la, looking at crap, looking at crap, tee hee you're in the car. Oh, I can't take it. Ha <laughs> ha God oh. How long's it been? Two minutes. Oh God, two minutes ha 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 See, time is now her friend and time is your enemy. Time doesn't like you at all, punk. You're in the car and time is mad at you for being stupid. Hey, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm time. Look at you, you dumbass. You should have known But you should have brought a newspaper. You should have brought some music. You should have gone and you should have brought something, bring your Kindle, something, something to kill the me, that's gonna help you out, but you didn't do it, so you know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna slow down, I'm gonna make this the most painful experience of the week for you, she's having a great time in there, and your punk ass is sitting in the car, (laughs) With nothing to do. There's not even anybody to talk to. (laughs) Go ahead, why don't you make some phone calls to your friends? Oops, your battery's dead. You know why? Because you didn't take the me last night to plug it in. You were too busy being lazy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm time. I'm her friend right now, but right now, punk, I'm your enemy. Because that's what time does. time slows down when it's your enemy and speeds up when it's your friend oh that was that the, that was great But just to show you what an asshole time is, sometimes time will speed up when you don't want it to, right? Now you've been, you've gone, you've done the shopping and all of that crap. And now you're home. And you had a great, and she's, and you made it, you were smart enough this time. And the lot let her know how annoyed you were with the fact that she spent six months in the damn store. And you have to shave when she comes back out because you have a ZZ top beard. You're not dumb enough to say that. You're smiling when she comes in. Hey, I hope you found the. I got double, triple, fantastic thread count, triple thread counts. Oh, fantastic. I have no idea what you said, but I'm not going to start a fight because I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm dumb enough to come here with you, but uh, (laughs) I'm a real idiot. (laughs) But I'm not dumb enough to start a fight. (laughs) And then you go home. And then you pretend to be enthralled with the bullshit of those stupid blinds and sheets she bought. Really? Three billion thread count? Fantastic. That's good, right? Oh, that's good. Okay, fantastic. She puts it on the bed. Let's lay down on it and see how great it is. You lay down on the bed, but you're a dude. You'll sleep on top of a dead cat. You don't give a shit. But guess what? She's happy, so you better milk that happiness. You better you better make it like you love it. This is the best sheet in the world. All right, this is great. It costs $40 billion. It costs what? Be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. Well, that's okay I mean it's definitely worth it oh god excuse me I'm going to go in the bathroom right now you're going to hear the sounds of me punching a wall but it has nothing to do with the fact that you spend all that money on these sheets and you keep your cool because you know you need to keep your cool you don't want to be hurt to be upset you don't want to do that and then the evening goes to a conclusion and it's time to go to bed and you've had a whole good day you didn't fight at all No, no 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 you didn't want to have any time go by where she's mad at you oh no you wouldn't want that would you no so now you know the evening's about to become very romantic oh yeah and you're gonna want to start doing some wonderful things to and on each other ooh, ooh, yeah. giggity giggity so she goes into the bathroom to freshen up oh yeah yes 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 yes, 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 yes. And you know what that means when she goes in the bathroom to freshen up Oh yeah So she's only in there for ten minutes But it seems like nine years Why? Because your buddy Time shows up That dirty bastard How you doing? Oh no, not you Yeah, that's right, it's me Remember me from early today? Yeah, I remember you Yeah, good Well, I'm back, you bastard <laughs> You probably think you're going to have some sex, don't you? Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm absolutely going to have some sex Oh, eventually, sure She's only going to be in the bathroom for 10 minutes, but you know what I'm going to make it feel like it's a year. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make you feel like it's a long time. It's only been four seconds, but it feels like a month, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> That's what I do, you bastard. For some reason, I'm picking on you right now, you dumb bastard. And so she's only been in there a minute, it feels like 16 months, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> Crap, the 10 minutes is up, and I'm done torturing you. That's okay. I'll see you again. And time leaves. And she arrives, oh yeah, she's wearing that Victoria's Secret stuff, and she don't realize you got a secret, the secret is you about to tear that stuff off of her, yeah Jack, you don't mind that it, it costs eighty bucks. I mean, you'll mind later on. But right now, it's a passion thing. And you give me the girl good and you start to do good things, real good things. And you two sound like somebody. You two, you two sound like a WWE wrestling match. You two sound like animals. You two sound like the zoo at night. You just ooh, and while you're in the middle of this good stuff, time shows up again. Hey, you bastard! No, no, not now, time. Up. Oh yeah. Normally, this is this is about 20 minutes of getting it on, but guess what? I'm going to make it seem like it was only four seconds. You wouldn't dare. Would you, you do me a favor, Tom? I know you were mad at me for some reason. I don't know why you're always picking on me, but we're getting it on, and this feels incredible and great, and she's the best, and everything is wonderful, and we're together as one, and this is a wonderful romantic moment, and it's incredible, and it's great. Look at her face. She's digging it, and I'm digging it and everything's great. What are you doing? Oh, it's actually going to take about 20 minutes to complete this whole thing, but I'm going to make it seem like real. Oh, damn it. That was great, honey. Yeah, thanks, hon. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Stop laughing time. Why? I'm on hug. Oh, don't worry about it, man. I'm done messing with you. Now it's your wife's turn. What do you mean by that? I'm gonna fuck her week up. <laughs> She's gonna be on the phone with her mother. And she's going to think she's only on the phone with her mother for 15 minutes. But her mother's going to start talking about what a disappointment she is. And I'm going to make it seem like she was on the phone for 16 years. And then she's going to have a TV program She's been waiting for a long time to see The resolution to the TV series that she loves The resolution to the storyline That's been going on for the past three seasons And that episode's going to last an hour She thinks, but I'm going to make it seem like The episode lasted for two seconds That's right, I'm fucking with both of you Because I'm time and I can do that That's right Don't take it personally I mess with everybody You know, normally I don't come in And specifically mess with people like this Yes, you do. Okay, I do. So what? I'm time. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You're not going to do anything about it. None of you people are going to do anything about it. I'm time and I get to do what I want, damn it. See how I set you punks up in the beginning of your life? Everything's great. You're learning how to walk. You're learning how to talk. You're learning how to go to the bathroom. You're enjoying cartoons. You're enjoying high school. You're enjoying college. You're having sex. Your bodies are perfect. Your bodies are in fantastic condition. And then I wait till about forty years. I'll let you have forty years of fun. And then I drop the hammer on your punk asses. Ladies. I'm going to make your ass and your titties just start to drop. That's right, gravity's a friend of mine. Gravity don't like any of you bastards either. That's why he won't let you go up without machinery. And dude, your balls are going to be hanging down so low they look like click clacks. That's right, I can do that. Why? Because I'm time and I can do what I want. And I'm going to do it over a course of time so I can enjoy torturing your punk asses. It's not enough that I'm going to make your titties, your balls, and your asses drop. Oh no, that's not enough. I'm going to make your faces wrinkle, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I am timed. I never get old. But you bastards are getting old. <laughs> you better get your prostate checked, buddy. Because it's starting to get a little big, isn't it? Oh, do you have to pee at nighttime? Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. And you, lady... Over there, remember when you were so young and gorgeous and everybody couldn't wait to get their hands on you? Well, they like you now, but they like you because of your personality only. (laughs) Remember when you were young and you wanted people to like you for your personality because you were so beautiful and you you didn't like the fact that people thought you were beautiful and didn't care about your personality? Now all they care about is your intelligence and your personality. You would have loved that when you're younger, but now you can't stand it getting dressed up looking all trying to look younger than you actually are no Jack because the more you do that the more embarrassing I'm gonna make you look you put the put the yoga pants back in the drawer honey you haven't done yoga since the 70s you ain't fooling nobody and if you put that crap on I'm gonna make your ass drop so far you really can't fool anybody (laughs) oh no 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 what are you laughing about buddy what are you laughing about sir hmm where's your hair exactly I took it And go ahead, put that muscle shirt on if you want to. If you think it's 1963 again, you stupid bastard. I'm time and I take you all out. I take every last one of you out. I take everything from you, you bastards, because I'm time. I start out as your friend and then I become your enemy. And in individual circumstances, like when you're making love or waiting at a store or watching a TV program, I'm your frenemy. (laughs) And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Okay, maybe I went a little far with that little thing about time, but you know what I'm saying. Time is your frenemy, man. It's your frenemy. It's my frenemy. Right now, time, right now, when I do the podcast, time shows up. Ah, yes, you're enjoying podcasting for all of these people, don't you? Yeah, actually, I do. Yeah, well, I'm going to make it seem like it only lasted a second. But, well, don't do not do that. Yeah, oh, oh, you do about an hour, hour and a half podcast every week, right? Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's nice. You love it, don't you? <laughs> But I'ma make this podcast seem like it only lasts a second, you punk ass bastard. Don't do it time, I'm gonna do it. In fact, you know how you always like to end the segment by saying segment over? Yeah, that's that's my signature thing. Not anymore, you bastard. This time I'm gonna end the segment. No, I wanna end it. No. Hi. Hi podcast audience. This is time. S Anthony can't come to the thing right now. He can't come to the microphone right now because <laughs> I've taken over segment over you know i've never been a parent and i may someday i don't know but there are certain things that are very very similar to being a parent i mean judging by me being a person who is not a parent i was driving a bunch of people in my car and they had stuffed so much crap in the car that when I would hit certain bumps in the street, even though it's a structurally sound car, there was so many people in the car and so much crap strapped into the car that if I hit a pothole, I could actually hear the bottom of my my, my car scrape the ground. Now, no one else in the car seemed to know that. They definitely didn't think about that because they, they, the amount of stuff that I had to transport from one place to the other was overwhelming. I'm looking and going, you do realize this is a Toyota Camry, right, With a, with four seats, right? It's a four seat car, right? Why did you, you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm going someplace to pick up somebody who has a couple of bags, maybe one heavy thing. I didn't expect the other two people. I didn't expect the other two people to have stuff, but I couldn't leave them there when it was too far away for me to go get some stuff, go back to where, where I needed to go and then come back and get the other person. Logistically couldn't happen. So I had to cram all of those jackasses into the car and all of that crap into the car and try to get them back to Philadelphia. OK. Now, the whole time I'm sitting here knowing what the case is, we have exceeded the amount of crap that should be in or on the car. And when you factor in the weight of it, the stuff that's actually on the roof, which I didn't like to begin with, and the fact that I got these these people in the car and all of this stuff weighing down. So when I'm, I'm avoiding potholes at all costs, because the one every time I would hit one, I would hear <clears throat> because the bottom of the car would tap the ground, you know, because of the depth of some of the potholes. But they were sitting there laughing and joking. And another thing. They they weren't paying attention at all. It never occurred to them during the course of time. Maybe S doesn't want stuff on his roof. Maybe he doesn't want his, his... to have to tie his trunk down maybe there's too many people crammed in his car because there's six people in the car and it seats four maybe he might get a ticket they didn't even think about that the whole time i'm driving i'm having a hard time seeing around myself i'm trying to not speed up too fast and drop, drop things out of the trunk and out of the side of the car i'm doing all of these things i'm worried about everything looking for everything and the people in the car aren't even paying attention they don't care they're enjoying telling the stories they're enjoying listening to the radio listening to songs that i think suck they're enjoying the whole process but i'm worried about everything isn't that just like a parent or parents when you got a bunch of kids they're running around the house. They're doing all sorts of stuff. They leave the lights on. They leave the water on. They turn They leave everything on. Oh, well, I didn't turn off the television. No, that's not a problem. They leave the gas on. They leave stuff plugged in. They run around the house. They're jiving all over everything. They don't even think about the fact that the electric bill is going up too high. They don't even think about the fact that the water bill is crazy. They're not thinking about that. I know that we were worrying about the bills, but I was wondering if I could have a double XJY Xbox 65,000 for 4.7, and I want another double 65, and I would like and I would like all four of us would like some crap that's expensive. And all they're thinking about is what they want. They don't even know what the hell is going on with the parents. They don't know that the parents are sitting there worried about it. They don't know that the parents are sitting there trying to figure out which bill is going to be late and which utility is less likely to send somebody out to shut something off so you can negotiate. Well, maybe the phone. We we all have cell phones, so if they cut off the phone, that's not really that big of a deal. But gas, you know, it's actually summertime. So if they cut off the gas, it's not like it's going to be cold. In fact, it's really, really hot, even at nighttime. And if they turn off the, well, we need to have the TV on. But we don't really need the TV. We can always... (laughs) and that's what I was thinking when I was driving down the road these guys and gals don't even they're not not even thinking about the fact that this is dangerous (laughs) they're not even thinking about the fact that I logistically would logistically be impossible for me to make two trips they knew what the dimensions of my car was they knew that by nature I couldn't leave anybody stranded they know that it's funny how people do that when you're the one that's responsible for stuff and they don't have any responsibility at all, right? Teenagers will do that crap to you all the time. That's when you know they you really, really became teenagers. You know, they may be 13, 14 years old. They may still have that little kid in them. You know how when little kids are and they were still young and they kind of bounce around, you know, and then when they, when they become teenagers all of a sudden, you just you know you can, it's almost like you can hear like that you know, that music that you hear in a in a in a uh, you no know, those I don't watch soap operas, but you know uh, you know you hear that music mm-hmm. that music that centers the music in the background where the person is hatching their evil plans <laughs> that's when you know they're really a teenager, hey dad, I'm gonna do this hey dad hey cause hey uncle hey, <laughs> Hey I heard some, some evil music What evil music There's no evil music here Everything's gonna be great You can trust us in the house For four hours <laughs> Cause that happened before I had some young relatives That were supposed to be home They were staying with me And they were supposed to come home Right They were old enough to travel the distance themselves. And I'm saying that I felt comfortable with them having them travel the distance themselves during the daytime when they were supposed to be back. So I trusted them and they had never given me a reason not to trust them before. So there was no reason to even do anything. I still checked up on them. But you know how sneaky kids can be. Okay, you can go. We'll take care of it. So I come back to the house and I can't find the bastards. And I'm worried sick. And you know what they had done? They had planned to spend the car fare that I had given them to come back, so they could spend the night over their friend's Oh, we owed a oh we made a mistake and spent our car fare. I guess we're gonna to have to spend the night over at this friend's house that you said we couldn't spend the night because I know you don't want to have to come all the way over here to get us because it's a long ride. <laughs> They didn't even think about it. They all they thought about was what they wanted. Just like the people in the car. They knew there were two extra people. They knew that. And they knew the two extra people had extra stuff. They knew the dimensions of my car. They didn't give a damn. They just knew they wanted something and they needed to have the stuff they wanted. Now there's a part of me that was just thinking, I should just I should just take some of I should just take the people I said I was going to take. And give these jackasses cab fare or some bus fare and let them lug that crap on the bus. Because at some point, you got to let people get their ass busted by life to teach them a lesson. Sometimes you got to let people deal with the consequences of what they were dealing with. With the two relatives that were staying at the other person's house, I could have very easily just said, okay, you stay right there and not said anything and then called the parents and said, these slick bastards tried to be slick. They knew that I was was in a bad situation and they knew what the situation was and they set it up so they could stay at their friend's house. And those kids would have gotten their asses metaphorically kicked by their parents. Right? I could have done that, but I went to get them. And then I metaphorically kicked their asses. Like I said, I don't hit kids. But you can punish kids without kicking their ass. But I metaphorically fucked them both up. Metaphorically speaking only. And those jackasses in the cars... Oh, I had fun. Because what I did was... I took everybody to the first person's house. The first person who set this whole thing up... And very slyly decided to have all their friends pile into my car. I made sure that I went to their house first. And while they were upstairs... I unloaded everything onto the porch. I said, "Well, you got, got you guys have cars now. Looks like you're gonna be taking the rest of the trip with these jackasses." But, 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 no. You were trying to save gas money, and you were trying to be cheap, so you could spend more money on that stupid shit, and make me have to pay all the extra money and all the tolls and everything to drag your punk asses back where you wanted to go. I know you well enough to know you were trying to be slick. No. They never did that again. Just like when the when the kids came back, and they never tried that crap again, because their parents would have metaphorically kicked their ass. They thought they were going to get be slick, and I metaphorically kicked their ass. And then he never did that shit again. And like those other jackasses that tried to get that did the car thing, uh, metaphorically whooped their asses by making them have to go into their pockets and drag that shit home. They didn't like it, but they never tried it on me again. It's funny when sometimes when you are the one that is the, the quote, parent of the situation, the person that has to bear the brunt and the responsibility for the stuff that everybody else is doing. Sometimes they decide that they don't give a crap about the consequences because it's you that have to worry about the consequences. Have you ever been a designated driver for your friends? Have you ever been that? I've been that because I don't drink. Right. Now you would figure a person who has a designated driver that's been good to them the best what you would do is if you get a little bit buzzed, it doesn't matter. you're still cognizant of what's going on around, but your reaction times may be a little bit slow, but you still have enough uh, wherewithal to not be a jackass and then when your friend drives you home it's not a good it's not a bad thing it's a pleasant ride. you're basically the same as you are when you're left you were a little bit slower because you drink slow enough where your reaction times for driving would be uh will put you in peril maybe. But when the designated driver drives you home, it's cool. But I had friends that made complete jackasses out of themselves because they knew I would protect them. I knew i to get with guys getting into fights because they knew I would protect them. I was the parent of the situation, and they know. Well, S ain't gonna let anything happen to us. <laughs> So what did they do? They act like jackass, they got blotto vomiting all over the cell, all over themselves, acting like jackass, getting obnoxious and all that kind of stuff. And I was supposed to take care of them. So I metaphorically kicked their ass. The next weekend, he made you to go out with us. Nope. You know? What? No, I'm not. You know, I have a project that I'm going to work on. You guys, the three of you, the other three guys, you're going to have to take turns being the designated driver for the other two until I'm ready to go back into business. So just know you, you do the first week, you do the second week, you do the third week, and then I'll be back for the fourth week and then I'll take care of all of you. And what happened each time the sober one was the parent of the situation and the other two jackasses acted like jackasses and ruined their evening and got them in trouble. And it worked that way way perfectly because each one of them week after week after week on those three weeks each one of them had taken a turn having to be the person that got in trouble maybe even gotten their ass whipped maybe even got vomited on maybe even got screamed on or thrown out of a place because the other two jackasses acted like jackasses (laughs) and then on week four when I was back to being the designated driver they realized what had happened oh shit sorry yes that's what they all said to me i didn't realize we were acting like that well now you know and from that point on after that metaphorical ass whipping none of them ever acted like that again because i let them take that ass whipping. sometimes when a person is being a jackass and you're the parent of the situation you either got to punish them yourself if you can't or let them fall on their own asses let them fall on their face because that's what the parents have to do sometimes. Sometimes the parent will know you're doing something wrong. Know you're doing something stupid. But then if they can see that you're not going nothing, to... Nothing serious is going to happen to you. Nothing dangerous is going to happen to you. You just need to let life kick you in the ass a little bit. Sometimes they'll let it happen. They'll let it happen. You think your parents when you were a kid didn't know a lot of the stuff you were doing? I bet they did. I bet they knew a whole lot of the things you were doing. But they let the world kick your ass. Because you wouldn't believe them if they told you what was going to happen. If you do this, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Come on, Mom, Dad. You don't know. You just say that because you don't want me to have any fun. Okay. Uh, Here I am out in the world doing stupid shit. Hey, what's that? There's a big foot coming from the sky. Ow! My ass! Hi, I'm the world. I just kicked your ass. Your parents told you about this shit, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Your ass hurts right now because of my foot in it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You're going to listen to them next time. Probably not. I'm a teenager. I'm going to be stupid for about five more years. That's okay. I don't mind kicking you in the ass again. See you next week, you dumb bastard. Because <laughs> the world will kick that ass. It really will. So what I'm saying is, it's like you know. in many cases, if you're the parent of the situation, whether it be with kids, and, and, and if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're the parent of a situation, meaning the person that has to take responsibility for other jackasses who are doing stupid crap, and you're the one that has to deal with the consequences or clean up after them, sometimes, as bad as it feels, as guilty as you're going to feel letting them fall in their face and bust their ass, you gotta let them do it sometimes. You gotta let them get metaphorically jacked up, because they won't learn if you tell them. Sometimes a person has to get that big giant life foot in the ass before they realize they need to calm down. You know what I'm talking about. If they're a jackass sometimes, even if they're a semi-jackass, even if they're a a sometimes jackass, if you need to de-jackassify them, let the world kick them in the ass. And a good ass kicking is a good de-jackassifier. Oh, yeah. Segment over. Hey guys, this is the S yes Machine. You know what? I actually recorded a Cosby segment for this to, uh, this week's podcast, but I wanted to put this right in front of the segment because I wanted to explain a couple of things. Now, uh, I can tell you that as a comedian and as a live performer, my brain separates into three parts when I perform. performing. there's a part of me that is reacting and performing. There's a part of me that is observing. And there's a part of me that is always looking to what I'm going to do next. That is as a live performer. It's very similar to what people do when you're driving a car. Um, You know, there's a part of you that's actually driving the car. There's a part of you that's observing your surroundings. And there's a part of you that's thinking, where do I want to go next? Now, what you're going to hear in the next segment regarding the Bill Cosby situation is one part of me. Now, what you're hearing now is the analytical part of me and the observing part of me. Me, regarding the Bill Cosby situation situation, the alleged uh, assaults the observer is just sitting there and and the the observer part of me just looking and and i'm thinking i just want to see what's happening this story's been around for a while now that it's, it's just going insane i want i want to find out what's going on i just want to know what's happening and the analytical part of me is just pulling the case apart and looking left and right and seeing what's going on and it doesn't look good for the cat because I have a lot of people that I know, not the majority, maybe a significant minority of people that I know, will essentially have come to me and go, man, I tell you, it's a conspiracy man. They're trying to bring him down because this, that, or the other. And normally I, I, after, I'll after i investigate a conspiracy theory before I decide to be internally dismissive of it. I'm not going to be really rude to the person telling me, but inside dismissive of it. And it's hard to be completely dismissive of any conspiracy theories Nowadays, because one, we now know that there's many times, many false flags of many sorts that have gone on in the world uh, politically and otherwise. But I don't necessarily believe it's that that's the case here. This is one of those situations where a man, it just does not look good. So the segment you're about to hear is a little bit different than what you've normally heard from me because essentially what you're going to hear is my visceral reaction to the story because like I said, I'm about to explain this is someone who was on my Mount Rushmore of comedy one of the three people that made me want to do comedy and to entertain people and then, you know, when you find out whether it's true or not when you find out that there there are big gigantic holes in the armor of this person you know, and it, and it, it changes the way you feel about things Essentially, what happened was, uh, when you see hear this next segment, what you're going to hear is, you know that little that little teeny piece of a kid still that still exists in my grizzled frame. <laughs> Meaning, well, I'm not grizzled actually, but you know, uh, a little part of me that that little teeny. There's always that little bit of a kid in you in certain situations. Certain things bring out that little bit of a kid in you, and comedy brings out that little bit of kid in me. But when I see when I see these things, that little bit of kid in me was kind of disappointed. And kind of pissed off, mainly because of the disappointment if this in fact is true. And also, quite frankly, as I'll explain in the segment, that this kind of situation hits close to home. So I want you to understand that what you're about to hear is the visceral reaction. Don't think of it as the analytical portion of me. Don't think of it as the observational portion of me. Think of it as that little teeny piece of kid that's still in me that really looked up to this cat. And this is that little teeny piece of kid that still exists in me reacting to the whole situation. So, with that being said, the Bill Cosby segment of the S. Yes, Anthony Says podcast follows this. So, here we go. Take a listen. Okay, folks, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Mr. Cosby. You know, and and and, and I'm going to talk about Mr. Cosby mainly because I'm at the point now where my entire Mount Rushmore of heroes comic comedy heroes long gone. Mr. Carlin has passed away. Mr. Pryor has passed away. And now with all of these allegations that have bubbled up to the surface again, I I shouldn't even say bubbled up into the surface. When they're underneath the surface, that's when they're bubbling. Now they're splashing all over the place where people are coming out of the woodwork telling what they said Cosby did. Now somebody who was inspired by Mr. Cosby and Mr. Pryor and Mr. Carlin, when I saw these cats, man, I always thought of them as even though they had like Mr Pryor had his, his problems, you know, he had his drug problems, so did Mr. Carlin, you know, Mr Pryor had, you know, whatever domestic this, who cares? You know, whatever Carlin's things worse, who cares? It wasn't basically it wasn't really that big of a deal. That was their problem. I really didn't give a shit. Get on the stage, do yours. Just like when a when a when a football player does, you know, uh performance enhancing drugs, I don't give a shit. You know, I really just don't give a shit. If they're good to people and they treat people with respect, I don't care. Okay? You know, whatever penalty they do, they get from the league, you get from the penalty from the league. But as we see, we have sports stars doing all these horrible things off the field and our entertainers doing horrible things. But I didn't really care about any of those because, I mean, let's be honest, I knew who these other people were. You know, I kind of dug some of the football playing guys, but I didn't really give that much of a shit about them. And some of the singers and actors, I didn't give a shit about them, but not this guy. When all of this stuff comes out about Mr. Cosby, you know, you realize that He's one of those guys where if you didn't pay attention to what was going on, say you just had a peripheral knowledge of his personal life, he was straight into the not him category. Whenever you see bad things happen, there's certain people in your mind that are in the not him or the not her category, meaning you didn't even cross your mind that anything bad could be done or horrible could be done by that person. You know, blah, 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 blah. well, he might've done it, but not him. And he's in that category. But after all of these allegations come out, stacks and stacks of allegations, day after day, more people coming out who can't even sue, he has been moved into the not him category over to the you too category. And as someone who actually has hit this guy as one of the people that inspired me to do the thing that I love the most, which is to help people laugh and to entertain people, he is one of the reasons that I picked up a microphone in the first place, along with Mr. Pryor and Mr. Carlin. Like I said, he was on my Mount Rushmore of influences. And when I sit back and I watch the things that the people are accusing him of doing, it does not look good. In fact, it looks horrible to the point where somebody like me who does not even really gamble would feel comfortable putting money on the fact that, you know, this might be true. There's no winners in this situation. It's it's a tragedy no matter where it goes. If this happened then you have a person that took vulnerable human beings and used their overwhelming fame, power, charisma, magnetism, and the person's love for them and used it to take their bodies and use them to feed their genitals. Essentially, that's what this thats what this person is doing. It's like, you don't matter as a human being. I need to put this up in you. I don't care whether or not you want it to happen. Take this, drink this, and when you wake up, I will have already put my thing in and... Got what I wanted and used you, you know, for my own gratification. I would have used you, used you, not as a human being, but as something to grat- to, to you, you know, like like a piece of steak to throw in a grill. I would have used you like like some like a plastic fork and thrown you away afterward. That's what he's been accused of, and that's essentially what he's been accused of doing. Now, if this is in fact true. Then the person that I looked up to as far as being successful in choosing this particular business and choosing this particular art form, and even to a, to a lesser extent, looked at him as somebody going, you know, I wouldn't mind having my life being kind of like that. Then all of that was just complete horseshit. And that kind of, that 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 upsets me. That upsets me a lot that that's what's going on. Then now when you look on the other side of it, the less likely to be true side, meaning that this is this is all bullshit with people trying to pile on well in that case essentially i would be i would feel horrible about humanity because, say for the sake of argument, now we've already gone on and said that we're pretty sure that this probably did happen. Now let's go to the other side of the equation and say for the sake of argument, say for the sake of argument, this absolutely did not happen. Say for the sake of argument, Bill Cosby got it on with one woman and she got upset with him and she's going to teach him a lesson because she didn't, he didn't leave his wife and da 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 That would mean that there are other people who saw an opportunity and say, well, I was alone with him. I'll get him too. And are willing to say horrible things about someone who did nothing wrong and don't care if they're destroying the career of someone who was an icon. Now, I don't think that's happened. I mean, it looks like he's pretty fucking guilty, okay? It looks really bad for the bastard. And I'm telling you, as someone who loved this guy as an entertainer and loved watching his career, I'm feeling he did this. You know, I I don't know because I wasn't there, but if I was going to bet money, my money would be on the bastard did it. But either, like I said, in either side of this equation, it's horrible. If he did this, he's he's done. He's a piece of shit because he took people who were vulnerable, drugged them, and used their bodies like and used them like receptacles. And only a piece of shit would do something like that. If 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 this in fact wasn't true, and I'm right, then you got a bunch of other people who are pieces of shit because they don't care enough about another human being but they don't mind destroying someone who's built something huge so there are no winners here there definitely is no winner on the other side of this microphone because even though it has nothing to do with me i'm watching someone who is the reason i do what i do one of the three big reasons that i do what i do is actually a sick piece of shit because that's what it looks like now I would feel like a hypocrite if I didn't talk about it because, quite frankly, I talk about everything else. And I'm disappointed and kind of pissed off. It makes you wonder what's going on. Because okay, that's the kind of thing. When you see somebody who, who built themselves up to be that and had all of these things in front of them, infinite amounts of money, infinite amounts of influence, infinite amounts of success, all of these things... It just shows you the sickness if this is true, if this is in fact true, and I have to keep saying if until there's a conviction because I don't want to get sued my damn self. If this is in fact true, this has nothing to do with wanting to have sex because of Bill Cosby. Even now at 77, but definitely back then when he was in his 40s and 30s with all the money, success and power, Bill Cosby could have walked into any Hollywood party and said, listen, hi, I am Bill Cosby. I know you all know that. I really just need to go upstairs and bang the crap out of somebody. I just really need to get this orgasm off. How many women up here would mind going upstairs and uh, basically let me just bang the crap out of them? If he actually, I mean, just that blatant walked into a Hollywood party at the popularity that he has. Ten people would have said, all right, what the hell? So it has nothing to do with sex, man. This is a sick individual. If this happens, because it wasn't about sex, Bill Cosby would have had absolute. I don't have problems getting sex, and I just have a damn podcast. So you know, if, if you're Bill Cosby, you don't have, you don't have problems getting laid. Come on. So what does that tell you, man? I'm just disappointed. You know, I, don't, I mean, If my, if you have if you have a hero and they fall because, say, for the sake of argument, your hero was a sports. Uh, say your hero's a boxer, okay, and he fights a little bit too long and he gets his ass whipped. And the guy's like 42 years old, but he had a great career. He was destroying people up until he was about 36 years old and then he started to decline. His, he still was getting victories, but it was really tough and he looked like a mess after the fight and he barely won. And then he's at the point now he just should have just stopped. You, can, I can deal with that because it's like, hey, you were old. You shouldn't have been boxing in the first place. That doesn't take away from what you did before. You still had those championships. You still have those great performances. You still inspired people. And when people talk about your career and they do the movie of your career or the miniseries of your career, the part where you're old and you shouldn't have been doing whatever sport you're doing, that part of your career will be the last five minutes. They might not even talk about that. You know, that, that, that will be some inconsequential crap at the end of the movie that no one even references. So if your, if your idols or your, your people that you look up to fall like that, that's okay. You know, if Bill Cosby's career just petered out and he just would show up on TV programs every once in a while and hadn't done anything really good since, since the eighties, but he was still doing good stand up and he was in crappy movies or something like that. That wouldn't take away from it when he passed away or when he said, you know what? I'm retired and I'm out of the game and just stopped. You know what people will talk about the Cosby show. You no, know people will talk about. I spy. No, people will talk about legendary comedy career. They would talk about that. They wouldn't talk about he stopped being funny. Well, he didn't, by the way. But they wouldn't stop talking about he, he well, near the end, he was really bad. They wouldn't do that. They would talk about the stuff you did when you were great, your career, all the stuff when you're at the height of your game when you were young, or when you're in your middle age, or when you even when you're older and you still had it. They would talk about that. They wouldn't talk about how you weren't that great in the end, if that if that were to happen to you, they wouldn't do that. Just like with a sporting with a sports athlete, they don't talk about all of that crap near the end when you're too old. They don't talk about that. But if you're an athlete and everyone looked up to you, and then over the course of time, we found out that you paid off people during the course of time to take dives, you would using uh, you drugged your you drugged your opponent so they couldn't fight right you you put uh, you put some stuff into the shoes of the person you were running against that's why they couldn't plant their feet and that's why you beat him in the race you paid off some referees so they were calling fouls and they weren't really fouls we find out that that happens that tarnishes your reputation and that changes how people feel about you that changes everything so yeah, when they do the movie of your life, they don't talk about how great you were. They talk about what the heck you did to get to the point where you were, had this legendary status and had the legendary status that you built up over the course of time was a hunk of crap because you cheated from day one. And now that's the same thing with Cosby. Talking about work ethic. Talked about coming up and doing great things. Talk about treating people with respect. Talk all these good things about family and this and that. And what do you do? If this is true, what did you do? You drugged people's daughters. You attacked people's children. You've permanently scarred people. looked up to you because that's what the people you hurt the most if this is true those are the people you hurt actresses who thought you were going to help them out people who are on the set of your television program if this is true people who trusted their people with you and what did you do and then after you did what you did if this is true what did you do well you wouldn't want anything bad to happen in your career would you You take advantage of their body and then you threaten to damage everything else in their life that happens after that. So what does that do to your legacy if this is true? What does it do? It means everything you said, every routine you did about your family, all of that stuff was bullshit. That's what it means if this is true. And yes, I'm angry. Because I now know that one of the three people that made me want to pick up the microphone might have been a complete piece of shit who lied the entire time. Nobody cares if you build a mythology for yourself. Every human being builds a mythology for themselves. Every human being talks about themselves in the most positive way. You don't talk about your foibles. You don't talk about your weaknesses. You talk about the positive stuff. We understand that. But if you look at Richard Pryor and George Carlin, when they fucked up in their lives, the things they did, they talked about them. When Richard Pryor shot the ties out of his wife's car when she was going to leave him, he talked about that in a comedy routine. When George Carlin did drugs, he talked about that in a comedy routine. He admitted it in, in, in interviews. Even Richard Pryor, after the whole freebasing thing, he admitted what happened later on. But what he did affected him. Just him Yeah I'm a little upset You can probably tell that I'm a little upset But I don't like People who do the things He's accused to have done If you did this You are a piece of shit And fuck you If you did not do this The people that are accusing you Are pieces of shit But let's be honest here And I don't give a fuck what anybody says You shouldn't be attacking Mr. Cosby You know what? Fuck you I will say that and I curse in this, in this and usually for comedic effect or in character but this is me talking. This is not a character. This is S. Anthony talking. If you did this Bill Cosby fuck you because I know people who were assaulted in the way that, you're, that, that this is talking about. That's why I'm angry because if one of those people was someone that I knew trust me trust me threats of damaging my career wouldn't have been enough. I would have fucked you up immediately. I would have found you. I would have smiled in your face. I would have told you how big a fan I was. I would have waited till we were alone. And I would have fucked you up. Badly. Because if this is what you did. You deserve to get fucked up. Because I would fuck you up badly. If this was someone I knew. Yeah. I'm a little angry. I'm a little angry. This kind of hits close to home. Like I said. This kind of thing happened to someone that I know. And to find out that somebody that I looked up to is accused, probably did this pisses me off. Like I said, I would feel like a hypocrite if I didn't talk about Bill Cosby. I talk about everything else. I talk about embarrassing things about myself. I talk about things that happened in the news. And just because the person who's accus- accused of these things is one of my heroes or was... One of my heroes. Means I got to talk about that too. Now, as far as the segment is concerned, this is pretty much over. I said everything I needed to say and I probably won't talk about it again unless something really big happens. But like I said, if Bill Cosby did this, fuck him. If Bill Cosby didn't do this, which would be the ideal situation, then I will apologize. I'll do a segment apologizing. But it looks bad, doesn't it? Not only does it look bad, it feels bad too. Segment that I didn't want to do, but fortunately I had to do because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Over. Well, folks, this is the S-Machine. This is actually being recorded the morning after the Ferguson lack of indictment for Darren Wilson and the Mike Brown case. And quite frankly, I'll be honest with you—that nothing happened. Actually, shocked me. I knew exactly what was going to happen. There were really no surprises. Essentially, it was kind of—it uh, was orchestrated much the same way you would see a, like a really bad episode of American Idol. And I tweeted about that last night during the, during the decision. Everything was drawn out. Everybody waited all this time, and they kept changing the times when they were going to say what the grand jury had decided. Even though, let's be honest, we really knew what the grand jury had decided. Let's let's keep it real here. There were no surprises. And unfortunately, in many other ways, there were also no surprises. And I also tweeted last night that there was going to be like a racist troll whack-a-mole, which is exactly what it was and what it still is. Because many times, if you actually go into the Ferguson decision hashtag on Twitter, what you'll see is people talking about how this tragedy should be used to move forward and make positive changes, which which I agree with. You know, unfortunately, it takes tragedies, and it shouldn't take tragedies to make things move in a positive way or to to facilitate people move, getting off their asses and doing things but when you go down that twitter Twitter hashtag, all you see is like I said, people saying the right things and then you'll see of course the racist trolls you know I'm not going to repeat some of the things that they said because it's just essentially giving the them the attention that they crave some of them are just jackasses who want to pick a fight with people, knowing that people are in, a, in a, a very emotional state and are liable to fly off the handle and yell and scream, well, as much as you can on Twitter, and getting into fights and trying to inflame people. And many of the people that are saying racist things are actually racist and bigots. And you can tell the difference if you're an intelligent person. You can tell the difference between a troll and someone who actually feels that way. But in either case, it says more about the person doing the trolling or doing, or uh, leaving the racist tweet than it does about the people they're trying to incite and make angry. We already know what the narrative is going to be when you watch the news as this was going forward because it's the narrative that it always is. It's the same narrative every time. You know, many times the victim is... Torn apart by the media. It's an amazing thing to watch. It's a disappointing thing to watch, but it's also an amazing thing to watch. To watch entire news channels and newspapers and radio shows and websites focus in on one person and hammer that person away and tear that person apart. It's disappointing. Because all of these things that we have, the news, the newspapers, the internet, all of these things could be used to make positive changes. And, and in fact, they do, on occasion, make make positive changes, especially social media. But the news has become a business. And if you focus on the people that are making positive points, and the peaceful protesters, and the people making good, rational arguments, no one wants to see that. It's not exciting because we've been trained by the news. to one exciting things, the one things that blow up and make noises. You want people that are yelling across the table on Sunday chat shows. You want people fighting in the streets. You want people cursing. You want people saying racist things so they can inflam- be inflammatory. Those are the things that are exciting now. But unfortunately, they're also very, very damaging. Because once you dehumanize, I've said it before and everybody knows this, once you dehumanize someone, you can do anything to them. If you're Michael Brown, son of of this person and son of that person, brother of this person, boyfriend of that person, if you're that guy, no one is going to be able to go, yeah, it's okay to shoot that guy. But if I can make you look like a thug and a criminal and a this and a that, then it's okay to do whatever we want. Oh, he deserved it because of this, and he deserved it because of that. Well, she deserved to be shot, and he deserved to be, and he deserved to be hit, and she deserved it. Why? Because they did something that I disagree with. Because, well, when they were younger, they did this. Come on, man. Now, I don't think anybody that actually listens to my podcast, this doesn't apply to any of you guys, because quite frankly, you know what my politics actually are by now. <laughs> and you know how I feel about things. So if you're still listening to me, I don't think any of this applies to you because I don't really think there's going to be any bigots and race that's still going to be listening to my podcast. I, I really, really doubt that. At least not for more than a few minutes. <laughs> but it's really, it's 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 hard to explain to people that don't have that feeling or can't have that feeling what it feels like to see someone who looks like your nephew, and if you're a father, your son, or you years earlier, lying dead in the streets with entire news networks vilifying that person, scraping and trying to find anything wrong about that person, name-calling that person, justifying that person being killed as if they were just an animal being led to slaughter, which no one is. It's hard to understand what that feels like. You know, because there are certain things that certain people can't feel; they can't necessarily relate to because it doesn't apply to them. This, much the same way as, you know, if a a lady would feel differently walking down the street at night than a guy does. A guy thinks maybe I might get mugged, maybe I get get punched in the face. Maybe a woman has got to worry about all of that plus being raped or murdered more so than a guy would. That's just a fact. And I had a girlfriend that she would go to this tough neighborhood to get these stupid cigarettes that she wanted. And, and then after a while, she didn't want to go anymore. And I, I had gone there many times at night, and I didn't know what the problem was. And I, was, and I started thinking about it. So I wait a minute, I'm a dude. And at the time, I was all ripped up and muscled up. And I'm like, I'm not worried about anybody doing anything to me. But of course she wouldn't want to come here. It never occurred to me why it wasn't that I didn't care about her. She was the person I loved most in the world at that point. I would have jumped in front of a bullet for her without even thinking about it. She was everything to me. So, of course, I cared about what happened to her. She was the most important thing in my world. But it never occurred to me how dangerous it was to her because in her mind, she's thinking in terms of I might get killed or raped walking around down here. I might get raped going in here. She's thinking that because that's a possibility for her, but it's not necessarily a possibility for me. No one's going to do that to me, especially the way I look, but all ripped up and muscled back then. No one would please. So I wasn't thinking that way. Now it's not exactly, it's not a perfect uh, comparison. The only thing I'm talking about is the fact that I didn't even think about it in her way until I stepped back and went, yeah, she has a point. There's a reason. She doesn't want to come down here. And I don't blame her. And I think some people should step back and go, yeah, they have a point. It's different for me. You know, because I don't have to deal with what the people in this community have to deal with because in many cases, the people that are making the stupid comments and the trolling comments and the racist comments on, comments on the radio and the racist comments in the newspaper, or at the very minimum, not even necessarily just the plain old, plain old-fashioned bigots, but just the people that just can't fathom what it's like, they just don't get it. They don't pay enough attention or they're not empathetic to understand what it's like. But I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be laying down on the freeway in your suit while someone goes through your car. I know what it's like to be walking to work in the morning and to have your bag dumped on the ground with guys having guns and with police officers having guns in your face. Any one of those particular times I could have easily have been killed. Any one of those times. Because now I'm the one that has to get up with, this, with the suit with asphalt marks all over it when I was going towards the show. I'm the one that had it was sitting there in a cold night behind a building with guns in my face and people in offices dumping my bag out. And if I had made some kind of false move or if I had shown any kind of anger or aggression, I could have had bullets in my fucking face. And it's not that it happened a couple of times. It happened many, 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 many times. And when you have to go through that on a regular basis, which I had to do in my teens and 20s, that was a regular thing. That happened all the time. In any one of those specific times, I could have been dead on the ground with blood pouring out of me, with people standing over me who didn't think anything of me, who didn't think I was a human being, who didn't mind ending my life because they didn't think I was human enough warrant not shooting so I know there are a lot of people out there who are trolling I know there are a lot of people out there who never had to suffer that type of indignity that people in Ferguson had to go through you don't understand it because it didn't happen to you it couldn't possibly have happened to you like that and it definitely couldn't have happened to you on a daily weekly basis it just didn't I don't think it did I can't say that it didn't but I'm pretty sure that the majority of the people in the country have never had to go through that. But I know what it's like from a firsthand perspective to be in a situation like that. Now, in my specific case, and I don't know what was going on there because no one really knows except for the two people that we can we can we can speculate. And I'm pretty and I think that the guy should have been indicted because let's be honest, damn, everybody else that goes to the grand jury gets indicted. Let's keep it real here. Unless you're a police officer Who shot a black guy But let's, let's just keep it real here We have to be empathetic And understand that People's experiences are different And we have to take that into account We can't be so dismissive Of someone else's experiences Now I just want to I'm going to say that This is not an indictment On all police officers I don't believe in indicting A gigantic class of people Because of the actions Of a small minority of people because the majority of times when you run across a police officer it's it's a pretty uneventful thing you know but you have to think in terms of the time that it isn't or the times that it wasn't Were most of my uh, run-ins I shouldn't even say run-ins but were, were most of my contacts with police officers uneventful? yes but you have to keep in mind on the times where it wasn't, on the times where they were over-aggressive, on the times where I was accosted, on the times when I was pulled over when I didn't do anything, on the times when I had to sit on the side of the road in my suit or lay down on the asphalt in my suit or had my stuff dumped out on the ground with people who were over-aggressive, angry looks on their faces, guns in my face. Any one of those individual times, I could have been dead. And I committed no crime. So when I see... Mike Brown on the ground there with six holes in him. I realized that could have been me. And that could have been my nephews. And that could be my future children. Could have been my grandfather. Could have been my father. It could have been in any situation. Because that's what happens. That's our experience. And people that don't experience that should not be so dismissive. Please don't be dismissive of the experience of people when they are suffering... Not just because it's the right thing to do to, to, to empathize, but even from a, from, a, from, a, uh, from a perspective of self-preservation. Because in many cases, the minorities, people like me, or people, or any minority, people who, who don't have as much power, you have to realize at some point that we are the canaries in the coal mines. Because if they will shoot this kid and get away with it, don't think they won't do that to you. If that's what the person is inclined to do. You have to take away the behavior because eventually it will get around to you. Even if historically it doesn't happen to you, it will get around to you. If there is a rapist in a bad neighborhood and he is not arrested. What happens later on is eventually he moves to another neighborhood. And then you'll see someone on the news who's raped or murdered by the person who wasn't apprehended, wasn't stopped when he had when you had an opportunity to stop them. And then you'll see people on the news. Well, this is the kind of neighborhood where that kind of stuff never happens. Well, yeah, eventually the virus of violence and hatred and racism spreads. And it affects everybody. So when you have an opportunity to stop it By indicting people Who do things that are horrible You do it Because the same mindset That would make them Make a person shoot Michael Brown Is the same person That will shoot you person who's not empathetic Why wait until that happens When you can stop it right now You should stop it right now Not just for that reason It should be stopped because it's the right thing to do we can't play games With people's lives And the trolling comments And the Michael Brown uh, Memes where you're, you're, you're Putting jokes Over his dead body They're not funny They're not funny And this is somebody Who joke about Damn near anything Shit's not funny Wouldn't have been funny If Michael Brown Was a white guy There was a white guy On the street That wouldn't have been funny Then you don't hear any You didn't hear any jokes From me About sh- school shootings Did you? And you never would, because people were killed. Now, I'm not a white guy from the suburbs who has children in an expensive school. I don't have that, I saw that, and my heart was broken for those people, even though they did not look like me, and there was a very low probability that something like that would happen where I'm from. Because I thought of those people as human beings, and their melanin count didn't matter. That's all we need to do. Doesn't matter what your color is. You're a human being. And your life matters. Black lives matter. White lives matter. All lives matter. And we have to act that way. And stop playing stupid fucking games. Segment over. Over. Okay, you weird bastards, that is this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I am S. Anthony Thomas, your host, your producer, your writer, your director, Mr. Everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. I want to thank you guys for stopping by. I'm gonna thank you guys for stopping by every week because you people keep coming back, and I have much love for you for that. I appreciate that, and you bring people. You always keep bringing more people. Thank you for that. I appreciate that more than you know, and I'm serious about that. Now, granted, this, the the show started off with some humor, then we got a little serious at the end. But sometimes when things happen in the news, I gotta throw a little serious crap on the back end because I'm feeling serious about those specific topics. But of course, as always, most of this most of the show is insane. <laughs> Uh the home base for this podcast, of course, is santhony says dot podbean dot com. dot You can also hear this on Stitcher Radio, Tunein Radio, iTunes, uh or essentially just type in S Says to whatever podcatcher you, you you listen on, and I will be there. And if I'm not there, recommend that I'm there, damn it, but no matter what it is. I'm everywhere, baby, and I appreciate you being everywhere with me. Much love to you, you all, you sick bastards. I will see you next week. Yes, indeed. I love my sass fam, because that's what I call you, bastards. Thank you, sass fam. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And next week, I will be back with more of this weird crap, and you'll be back, and you'll bring more people. What is wrong with all of us? I think I have a mental problem, and I think there's something wrong with you nutcases as well. What, What is wrong with you people listening to me every week? What is huh? Now that's a bad thing to say to the to people that listen to the podcast. Well, they they're crazy, okay. I know I'm a little bit crazy, but they're crazy too. Why why would I not? These these are my people. Damn it! This is my sass fam, dude. Mine, damn it. And I'm gonna tell them the truth. And the truth is, you people are nuts. <laughs> well, what, what what are you saying? But you're saying I'm even crazier than you. Yeah. Well, well, I'm I'm an entertainer. I'm supposed to have. I'm supposed to be weird. But what's your excuse? you sick bastards (laughs) in all seriousness I do appreciate you guys more than you know and I look forward to talking to you again next week this is S. Anthony Thomas this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast much love to you all S. Anthony out go S S. -S 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 Anthony